game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. This is Buckets from the Action Network podcast. I'm senior NBA writer Matt Moore, joined as always by Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. Today, gents, it is most valuable propositions. We are talking MVP. We have slated an entire show to talk about MVP. It's one of the best things, I think, to debate in the NBA. It's one of the most fun things to bet in the NBA. It's absolutely, I'm so excited for this. I devote a lot of my career to MVP. Raheem has a model that he uses. Going to be a great conversation today. I'm excited for it. Want to let the listeners know that if you want more information about anything that we talk about today, all of our information is available in the Action Network app. It's absolutely the best way for you to track your picks. You can get our picks, Brandon's props, Raheem's sides and totals, all the great information, analysis, everything at the Action Network app, download it on your mobile device today. Want to let you know about our shows on Monday. It's the fantasy basketball side of Buckets. That's Dan Titus and Adam Koffler. They did uh, a whole podcast this week on punting in your NBA draft. Uh, They went through like an early mock draft last week. It's absolutely a phenomenal show. Check that out on Mondays. We'll be with you every Wednesday here on Buckets talking NBA betting. Let's go around the horn real quick. Raheem Palmer. I know you're deep, deep, deep in NFL research and analysis as both you and Brandon overrate the Broncos and underrate my Chiefs. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Life is good. I mean, I can't complain. You know, we signed up for the circuit contest last week. We signed up for the super contest last week. So hopefully we can, you know, pull off the victory. You know, last time I was in super contest 2019 is my first time playing. I finished 241st out of 3,300 people, one point out of the money. So this year I'm coming back for the money. We're going to talk some NBA today. So I'm excited. What do I have to do to get a goddamn super contest for NBA? What do I have to do? What do I have to do to get some sort of big contest for NBA betting? I'm so jealous every single fall of all the big contests that everybody has. And NBA comes around. It's like, nope, that you just got, that's it. Just, you know, I think the super, the the super book actually has like a win total contest. Yeah. I know they got a win total contest. I may go in on on that this year. Uh, Brandon Anderson that said the words, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good player on a podcast on the NFL podcast, which you should check out the action network podcast is our NFL feed. Uh, those guys, uh, these two are on that show as well. Uh, Brandon, other than having delusions about Jimmy Garoppolo, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm ready for some NBA talk. MVP is one of my favorite topics just to dive in and, uh, it's all narrative. We love to pretell the narrative. I love to predict where the story is going to go and find some outlandish value that looks decent later before losing out for me yet again. So I'm, I'm ready to make some cases for long shots. Hot take prediction. I have you beat on long shots that are going to look ridiculous later. I already have them bet. I already have them booked. I know you've seen them because they popped up in the Action Network notifications. I will defend those later. Uh, here's what, what we're going to do on today's show. We're going to start with picks. So we're going to go over the top five players and odds and talk about the case for whether to buy pass or absolutely hammer them with a best bet. We're going to talk about those guys first, and then we're going to get into our specific picks with some of the more long shots that we're going to take later on. We're going to talk about the process for betting the the NBA MVP throughout the season, because I do think unlike a lot of futures now is not actually when I think you have the best value. Like I will talk about this later. The course of the season there are really good opportunities in season when things become clear that nobody wants to admit because they do not understand how the regular season works. And we're going to talk about where 
in the season, you can find value. We'll do that uh, in the second segment, but let's start with buy pass best bet. Let's start with the leader, the favorite to win the 2022 NBA MVP for the second season in a row. It's Luka Doncic. He's plus 400 at all the books I looked at, except one. He is at 440 at FanDuel. So you are getting 40 cents extra uh, on him there. Let's start with Raheem Palmer. Raheem Luka, are you buying? Are you selling? Or do you think this is the best bet? Um, at this price, I'm definitely selling. I think he's always going to get the numbers. Um, that's the big thing with Luca. But I think the thing with Luca is that you have to consider the rest of his team. You know, you guys know I make the the MVP model every year, and it's really big on seeding. You know, Jokic was a little bit a bit of an outlier. My my model actually liked Jokic, so I mean, I just think he put up the the, the stats, which you know Luca is capable of doing, but. I'm not really that high on this Mavericks team, and I think there's other options out there. Brandon, my big concern is pretty simple. And I have the same problem with the Mavericks win total. I have the same problem with the Mavericks division odds. I have the same problem with the Mavericks conference odds. I got Luka Doncic on one side, who I think is absolutely phenomenal. I bet heavy on the Mavericks last year. I bet Luka to win MVP last year. That was a bust, but bet out of that pretty quickly. Um, I did bet the Mavericks over and they just slid over the number I got. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of this, I got new coach Jason Kidd. Yep. And yeah. I, I think this is just, I cannot feel good about a team succeeding to the level necessary for Luca to win MVP with Jason Kidd as the head coach. Yeah, 100%. I'm with both of you. I am buying Luka Doncic, the player. I am selling Luka Doncic, the MVP candidate for this year, certainly at this price. Uh, I just, both of what you said, the Mavs are not good enough and Jason Kidd is not the guy. We, we, we have all the evidence. We, we've read it in the, in the books. We, it's, it's bad. It's not going to be the right fit. There's not the right talent there. And I am also big on, you've got to really be like a top three seed. I have to really be able to see you there. The West, I think, is a little more open than we're giving it credit for. So what's wild is, you know, like if if the Mavs could just fire Jason Kidd and, and bring in a great coach like Rick Carlisle or someone, you know, like wouldn't that be great? If the Mavs had like Rick Carlisle, that'd be great. Then maybe I might actually <laughs> buy Luca for MVP. But yeah, I between the rest of the roster, like you basically, if you're betting on Luca, you're also betting on Jason Kidd to be a good coach. You're also betting on Christophe Porzingis to be healthy and to be good again. Like, I am happy to bet on Luca. I am not happy to bet on those things and the rest of the roster. So I, I'm selling. I want no part of this right now. He'll get there later. So there's a couple of metrics that I like to, to, to hone in on. I don't have a model like Raheem, and you'll be able to read Raheem's model coverage throughout the season. Nicola was number one in value over replacement player, VORP, over a basketball reference. And I always think that's a really good one. It's a very pretty good estimate, right? Like value, value <laughs> over a replacement player. Um, the model coming over from other sports, I think, actually translates pretty well. I like the work that's been done in building that. Here's a good example. Like the top three in VORP last year were Nicola, Steph Curry, and Giannis. Okay. That's two MVP candidates and a third guy who we're going to talk a lot about in this episode. Uh, MB was actually all the way down at 11. VORP, for I don't remember what metric included in it, actually bothers it. But that's one where he, his VORP wasn't as high as maybe some of the other metrics where he was pretty good. Luca though, last year was fourth. Here's the issue I, I have with Luca too. He was number one in usage last season with a 36% usage rate. So we can't look at this and say like he's going to have the ball more. 
right? If anything, I think the Mavericks want to try and find a way where he doesn't have to be as heliocentric. But the problem is like, that's how you get in the MVP conversation. We learned this with Harden. Like they're, Harden and Luca are very similar to me in a lot of ways. They both draw a lot of fouls. They both complain a lot about a lot of fouls. They both have excellent step back jumpers. They both uh, have a really great ability at attacking the rim. They're both extremely strong for their size. Their play styles are very similar. So when I look at Harden's approach, it was always heliocentrism where he's the, the he is the sun and everything rotates around him. The Mavericks didn't necessarily bring in anybody that's going to like bring more in, right? They didn't bring another ball handler in. So his usage rate will be high, but I can't say here and be like, it's going to be higher. So his numbers will go up, but like the numbers I, I understand are there, right? Like his numbers are great across the board. I understand that. It's just tough for me to be, to look at this and say, he's going to raise it to another level and get the wins. That's part of the problem is if you ask, I think Luca could, if they won enough games, I think Luca's numbers from last year could translate to, to a serious MVP case, but it would feel, I would want to bet it more. If I was like, I expect a statistical jump here. I am, I can see him doing better statistically than last season. And the only thing that really makes me lean towards that is that he wasn't in shape. So for me, I think we're all in agreement. We may get to the point where we want to hammer this after the, like the first month of the season may just be like, Oh shit, Luca's going to win MVP. But even at 425, 440, I don't think the value is now. Second, yeah, and I'll say too, but, like it, mm. the thing with Luca is the number is so low as the favorite that I think that we have a cushion. Like I think we're going to have mm. a few weeks or that first month, even if Luca just looks awesome, even if the Mavs are suddenly like, yeah, hey, that, yeah, this team is, is kind of good. Like this team could maybe compete for those top seeds. I think we're going to have a few weeks. Like this is not a guy that has done it before. And it's suddenly we're going to see it for a week and be like, oh, he's healthy. He's great. Okay. Minus odds. Now, you know, we're going to have a little time there that, to, that we can correct if we need to, mm-hmm. these odds aren't just going to disappear. So why bet your money now, you know, you know, uh, 50 days or whatever before the season mm-hmm. and like a month into the season when you can probably still get a similar number with a lot more information. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you may get a better number now, but if you wait, you're still going to get a good number with a lot. Like you said, I think that's a great way to put it. Brandon is a lot yeah. more information. Uh, Joel Embiid last season's runner up considerably higher than last year's winner. No surprise. Embiid is plus 700 at a lot of books. You can find a plus 750. I did find a points bet 10 to one. You get a plus 1000 on Embiid at points bet, which I think is a pretty good number. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Your pass by or best bet on Joel Embiid. Yeah, I'm passing on Joel Embiid because I am just career passing on Joel Embiid. I am not willing to bet on the man because I don't believe that he's going to be out there when I need him to. At some point in his career, maybe he will play a full healthy season. At some point in his career, maybe he will play healthy through playoffs and then I will lose some bets and I will have to pay the man down. But I'm just going to have to see it. I, I haven't seen it for all the years that we've done. He's great. He was, uh, by per minutes, as good as anyone in the league last year, him and Jokic above the rest. Uh, Matt, you mentioned Vorp, how he was 11th in Vorp. Well, that's because Vorp is volume plus efficiency. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem mm-hmm. is Embiid doesn't get the volume because he's going to miss the games. He's, he's losing out on the value part of it because it's valuable to be on the court. And you can't have enough value if you're missing those 10, 15, 20, 25 games, whatever it's going to be. So I, again, I buy Joel Embiid the player. I just can't buy him as the MVP candidate because there's too much risk for me to take on with the injury risk. So he could get there someday. 
I kind of feel like last year was maybe as good as we're going to see. Like he, he was pretty healthy most of the year and he was awesome. And I don't know if we're going to get that twice in a row. So I, I can't, I can't play it. And being suffered a torn meniscus in the playoffs last season, he elected not to have surgery. Daryl Morey said back in, I believe early August that uh, he had Embiid had been in the gym. He had seen him. He'd been in the gym working. There's been no update on Embiid's condition, status, progress, recovery, any of that. We're assuming he will not have surgery. Um, That is a lingering concern for me, amongst other things with the Sixers, as I'm writing their win total breakdown right now, Raheem. Where are you at on uh, Embiid? I mean, I'm with Brandon. I mean, Embiid has never played more than 64 games in a season. So right out the gate, like you're already at a disadvantage. Last year, and B was he's probably going to win MVP if he stays healthy. Um, this is all like the way this guy lands, the way he falls. He's just so reckless that at some point in the season, he's going to get a freak injury. Um, he's going to get nicked up. He's just not the guy that you want to bet on. I mean, last year he averaged 28 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. I mean, he was everything you wanted from an MVP candidate. He was the number one seed but he just can't stay healthy. Um, you know, one of the things that I like, actually like to look at is I actually look, like to look at um, player efficiency rating per, um, you know, we all know what's flaws with, you know, volume scoring, but it's actually po- positive. It has a positive correlation with whoever's the MVP um, winner mm-hmm. out of the last 13 MVP winners, all but two finished first in per. Hmm. Um, Nikola Jokic was actually first in Paris last year as well. The only two who didn't finish first in Paris was Steph Curry in 2015 and Derrick Rose, who was ninth in 2011. So that's one of the things I like to look at. But as far as Joel and B, I just at, at plus 750, I would need this to be plus 2000 or so to, to, to take it just because we know that he's coming into the year. He's going to get hurt. So I wanted to go ahead and, and build against being like, I want to build against being wrong. And so I, I did, t- I will tell you, I took the, the, the 10 to one at points best part of a, a very broad array of bets I've made on MVP, just because I was like, I like this number. Now, the, if we're talking about implied probability here, right, we're looking at 12.5 for plus 700 um, to about 9%, 9.09 for 10 to one. So I'm not getting like, a huge delta between the implies there. But like, if you tell me like one out of 10 times, Joel Embiid stays healthy and wins MVP, that sounds about right. One of the reasons I think if you want to bet for him, I would say that he's, I would say at 10 to one, he's a buy. And one of the reasons I think that he is a buy at that number, if you're building, a, if you're building a larger position, if you're just like, I want one bet, I would be like, all right, sell. Don't, don't take Embiid now. Mm-hmm. The voters, I think want to vote for him. Uh, he's popular. He plays in a big market. There are several voters I know that have connections to either Philly or Embiid. And so like, he's going to carry weight with mm-hmm. a, a, a sizable chunk of them. Like he was the, I, I thought he was the favorite to win based off of the p- people I spoke to before the injuries started racking up for the Sixers. The problem is just like the injuries. Like this is just such a problem with him is I think Brandon's right that can you trust him to stay healthy again? He's, he's literally coming off of a torn meniscus. If you told me that tomorrow news came out that Joel Embiid was going to have surgery that up, oh, it didn't heal. Right. He's going to have surgery. He's going to miss three months. I wouldn't blink. I'd just be like, okay, sounds about right. Like that's how it goes. Also, are we sure the Sixers are even going to be as good as they were last year? Right. I mean, they had the perfect season. Yep. The nets were banged up. I mean, to me, they're easily the third best. They're, what is it? I'm, I'm taking Brooklyn. I'm taking Milwaukee. My, 
I'm not high on Miami, but Miami might have a better year than it. Yeah. I mean, look, the other thing here is we don't know what happens with the, with the Simmons trade. Yeah. We just don't. Right. Simmons impacts, I think, them in two ways. One, if Embiid's going to win because he plays like 60 games and he's dominant in the 60, you still got to be able to hold your head above water in the remaining amount. I looked this up to that for since 2017, the Sixers have won 51% of their games when Embiid has been out. Simmons is a big part of that. So if they get an all-star in return, which is what Maury's aiming for, sure, they can hold it up. Like if Dame changes his mind, Dame's not going to change his mind. That's not happening. If another superstar becomes available and that's who they trade Simmons for, then sure. But if they get back an array of like pretty good players, let's say that they get like Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and whoever else on the Raptors. If that's the move that they that they make, I think ultimately at the end of that, like the Sixers might wind up being better with a beat around, but I don't know if those guys hold the team up while he's out. And yeah. if they don't finish with a top three seed in the East again, and I think that you're just going to write with, with what Raheem said about they are unlikely to be as good as last year. And if they regress, how does he win MVP if he and the Sixers regress? Final thing. Uh, he was absolutely phenomenal from mid-range last season. Like, that was a big reason why he jumped up. It was absolutely just, like, a huge one. He shot the fifth most mid-range jump shots, and he shot 49.1% of them. That was the sixth best mark of any player with at least three mid-range jumpers a game. He was killer from the least efficient spot on the floor. His three-year average prior was 40% versus 49%. It was a 9% jump from his previous three-year average. Now, you can just get better at those shots as time goes on. But if Embiid shoots 45% from mid-range, that's a great season. But that also costs him 4% in field goal percentage, which over the course of a season is going to dampen his numbers a little bit. So all things yeah. combined, I like him at 10 to 1 as part of a broader position. But if you're looking for one guy, I don't think you can go in. The third guy on our list, Kevin Durant, plus 700 for the net superstar. Widely expected to be the best team in the league, the title favorite, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 700, 700. I'm going over him right now. Uh, got a 700, I think he's, and 750 at FanDuel. So you get an extra 50 cents over at FanDuel. That's the best price that we've got, the books that we've looked at. Uh, Raheem, let's start with you. Do you think KD alongside two other superstars can win MVP? Not at all. I, I think Harton does too much of the playmaking and the ball handling for, you know, KD to really win it. Kyrie just does too much. I mean, you're going to have nights where Kyrie is going to go off for 40. There's going to be nights where Hard is going to go off for 40. And there's nights where KD is going to be going off for 40. And then also, I think they know the goal is the championship. So I'm not expecting KD to go out there and play 81 games or 82 games or even 75 games. I just think this team, they want to, they want to be healthy for the playoffs. So there's no chance I'm taking this bet. I, I loved KD last year before the Harden trade. Yeah. Uh, if he'd been healthy and had played the way that he did, I think he probably wins it. Yeah. Harden, I think, removes it. We've seen this with the with the Warriors, with Durant. It's just very hard. If you have that much help, it's very hard to get the credit from the, from the voters. There will be some, but by and large, you know, we talk about the MVP being a narrative award. It is to a certain degree. I think it's hard to argue that Nikola Jokic was a narrative MVP winner. There wasn't a compelling narrative with the Nuggets last year other than just Jokic was incredible. I think it's hard to find. Durant has to hold up to his previous standards, which is very high. He's considered, you know, there are a lot of people that say he's the best player in the league. 
the Nets have to win as many games, which we think they will. But even then, like a lot of things have to go their way. He's got to stay healthy, which was a problem last year coming off that Achilles. And he's going to have the have to have the narrative bump where he's so good. Everybody's like, yeah, they've got Harden and he's great. And they got Kyrie, but Katie's why they win games. That's hard to see when you've got those two other superstars, Brandon. I, I can't see a scenario where he gets a big enough voter chunk. So I disagree a little bit on the narrative thing, because I think what Durant has going for him is we've all have heard for so long about how Durant has this chip on his shoulder about how he always wants to be the best, but he always ends up second best or third best, you know, and like, like, look, he's just coming off the playoffs where everyone is talking about like, oh, well, the Bucks won it's because Durant's shoe is one size too big, almost like default of like, well, the Nets probably would have won, but whoops, stepped on the line. And so we got that again, but what we do have now is Kevin Durant went to the Olympics, carried this flawed team to a gold medal, and it is back in the conversation now as the best player in the world. And that's the conversation that he's in. And I think like the Olympics bump and the best player bump, just as like as a way to say, like, wouldn't it be not a surprise for everyone to start talking about, you know, it sure does seem like Kevin Durant should have more than one MVP. Like, doesn't, doesn't that seem like a conversation that we all could be having that Kevin Durant, you know, he he's a top 10 or 15 all-time guy. Shouldn't he have more than one MVP? I, I'm just saying that's a conversation I can, that, that's the pre-narrative that I could see getting there. Uh, I was with you, Matt, last year, Durant was my MVP pick. This year, it's not as easy of a case because of Harden being there. Um, I think what you have to hope for is, first of all, you need the health, and I'm not excited about that with Durant's history and coming off the Olympics, I think that hurts him a little bit because the offseason a lot shorter. But I think what you're hoping for here is we know Kyrie's probably going to miss some time. Harden's, I'm getting a little worried. Will he stay healthy and hold up? He, he hasn't the last couple of years. So if Durant is kind of the metronome, the guy who just shows up and puts in 30 every night, eight points a quarter until he dies forever. And if he does that and the Nets are really good, and Kyrie and Harden both kind of miss out 20 games, then I think you have the case of like, okay, best player in the league, best team in the league, the guy who carried them over the finish line to kind of let the other guys get ready for the playoffs. That's the narrative to me. So I'm not betting this. Uh, it's a pass, but it's a soft pass. Uh, I'm hard passing on the last two guys we talked about. I, I can definitely see this. It it's, wouldn't be shocking to me to wake up in March and he's very much in the conversation there's just enough risk in it for me that I'm not going to bet it either. Brandon, I got I to gotta push back. You just said Harden wasn't healthy the last couple of years. He's been healthy his entire career except for last year. He had a, a freak injury. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, and, and for me, when you look at, like, look at Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. In 2017-18, Kevin Durant was seventh in MVP voting. Steph Curry was 10th. And 2016, 2017- Durant actually missed a chunk of time towards the end of the year, and the Warriors went on a run. Steph Curry finished just sixth. Yeah. Kevin Durant finished ninth. So we've seen through history that even if one of these guys misses 14, 15 games and the team goes on a run, the voters are still reluctant to vote for them. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though. That we can't, those are not apples to apples because that was Kevin Durant joining the 73 and nine Warriors. And we always will know in our heads that this team was already amazing. And now they got Durant and they're still amazing. Mm. Like, this is not that. This, this was a different situation 
And I realize like, we still have the three, the three stars. We still have the same sort of argument, but it's not quite that same obvious narrative out where like the day that Durant signed with the Warriors, he just opted out of the MVP race for the next few years. It was part of the deal. It was probably in his contract. Like that's just, it was not going to happen for him in Golden State. We all agreed that this isn't quite that. And Durant was here first. This is Durant's team that Harden joined, not Steph's team that Durant joined. So it's still similar, I agree, but it's not quite the same story to me. The final word on this, I think, is one. Uh, he talked about, like, well, he's always been number two in that narrative. He won the MVP. It's hard to be like, oh, but we get a reward in because he's always been number two. He won the MVP. Um, oh, but he's only got one. Kobe only had one. Like, th- that's just not how it goes. Like, if you're going to, if we're, if, I'll tell you this. If the he hasn't won enough MVPs thing was compelling, LeBron would have more. And he doesn't because the voters will push back on the idea that they, Everyone admits that there that this is a narrative award, and some voters acknowledge that they vote on on narrative, but not as many as you'd think. And a lot of them reject the premise that they are like boxed into a narrative, and they'll fight against that. And there are enough contrarians. Um, I understand that you're just saying it's a, it's a soft pass. Look, if he comes out and tears it up, we can talk about it. We'll see what the conversation is. It would just surprise me, given the amount of support that he has and what Raheem mentioned, I, I have a hard time seeing it. Maybe we're wrong, but we'll still have, I think, a good chance to get him in a good number given his injury risk, um, which, again, makes it a risky proposition. All right, this is the one that I think we're all in agreement on. Giannis Antetokounmpo's plus 800 to win MVP after winning the NBA title behind a 50-point closeout performance. Plus 850 at FanDuel. Again, you get another uh, 50 cents on that, which is pretty great. Um I am not seeing him anywhere shorter than eight. Yeah, 800 at most books. 850 is the shortest I've seen him. I don't know that we actually need to talk about it all that much because we all agree on the following premise. He won the title, so there's no more like, well, sure, but show me. He showed us. He's still going to play a ton of games. The Bucks are still going to win a ton of games. Um, he's still going to be dominant. He probably figured out some stuff in the playoffs that he'll use going forward. All of these things combined, I will just, I'll start with you, Brandon. Is this a buy or is this a best bet? This is a buy. This is a best bet. This is a borrow money from my friends and put more money on it. This is the MVP pick. Like this is the podcast The everything is in Giannis's favor. I think the 850 is ludicrous. And I think that uh, even if the season isn't going the way we like it to, even if Giannis starts out and, and there's another candidate, there's another player that is starting to, to put, pull away. Luca does his thing or Embiid is really staying healthy. Even in that scenario, what's the scenario where Giannis just isn't in the MVP conversation? What's the bad year scenario for Giannis other than an injury? Because even last year, when we all agreed going in, he had zero chance of winning. It was never going to happen. We were never giving it to him, you know, the third MVP until we got the playoffs that we just got because we, we didn't want to risk adding him to the three MVPs list if he was just a regular season guy. We all agreed all year that that was never a possibility, and he still finished third in the MVP race or fourth. He was, he was right in the mix the entire year. So even to me, worst case scenario at 850, you, get to, you can buy out. You can cash out later, and those odds are going to drop from 850 because he's going to be like halfway through the season – He's going to be a second or third in the odds because it's Giannis. He does his thing. He's going to put up his numbers. Here's the other thing, too. When I'm looking for an MVP, I need the numbers. I need you to be on a winning team. 
I also need you, if possible, to be the guy on the winning team. And we've just talked about that. The Nets have their three stars. The Lakers have their three stars. To me, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Lakers are the only three teams in the NBA that I'm like very certain are going to be top three seeds. They're the only three teams that I'm very sure are definitely going to be good and put up wins. And we either have a trio of stars, a trio of stars, or the one guy who just won the championship is probably the best player in the world and just proved it on the biggest stage and is going to put it up like 28 and 13 and six or whatever, because he feels like it. Cause that's what he always does. Like, I don't know what the case will be against him unless there's some other player that just goes out and grabs it. That's the case. But Giannis is the default answer and the default is very high. And I think you have to bet this. Raheem. Oh yeah. I'm totally in agreement. I tweeted this, you know, once I saw the odds plus eight fifty is, I mean, you're, you're still in money here. Um, when you look at the history of the MVP award, you know, Brandon mentioned earlier that, you know, Kevin Durant only has one, but I mean, Kobe Bryant only has one prime Shaquille O'Neal only has one. Like, the same guys win this award over and over again because the best player in the league tends to win it. You know, LeBron James has four of them. So I expect Giannis to come out. I mean, I think he, you know, he had a dominant performance in the NBA finals. I think he turned the corner. He doesn't play on a super team at plus 850. You got to bet this now. Counting it up on, on Giannis for MVP. I bet it because I agree the number is good. Like that, that I think is a better way to say this rather than like, you got to bet this. Like we're, this isn't a lock. I don't think, I think it's, uh, it had to be part of like when I started betting, as soon as I saw the eight, I started betting it. I bet again, I have, if you're asking like, how could this possibly go wrong? Here's how, okay. Uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday just played the longest NBA season of their careers immediately went to the Olympics. This team is not as deep as it has been in previous seasons. That was the adjustment that they made with holiday was they said, we're going to get another ball handler. We're going to go all in to get Giannis the help to win a title. It worked, but it does mean that they don't have as much comfort, which means Giannis has to take a little bit more of the load. He has to play a little bit more. And, and it means that they're, that I think there's a correlation between that and them dipping a little bit in the regular season performance last season. His points were down last year. Uh, his assists were uh, tied with a career average. His rebounds were down. His usage was down. Um, his field goal percentage was up because he's amazing. He did less on court while playing the more than he did in the two MVP seasons because he had to, but not as much as he did pre bud. They won the title. I do not believe that Giannis feels the need to go out and win another MVP. I don't feel that there's a need. Like I was in Milwaukee before that season. It was like of all of the things that I've done with MVP, that one was my best one. I went into Milwaukee. I spent four days there in training camp in 2018 and wrote an entire, you should bet Giannis right now, because it was evident from talking to everybody. He's bigger. He's different. He's been locked in and Bud's offense is going to unlock a bunch. I think that there's really good chance here. Raheem, you've hammered this about the seating. We, we talked about the Sixers and instability there, but it wouldn't shock me if, if the Sixers were a top two seed. It wouldn't shock me if the Heat were a top two seed. So it wouldn't, we'll get there. I wouldn't shock me if the Hawks were top two seed. If they finish above, you can make all the faces you want, Brandon. <laughs> uh, if they've, if the Bucks coast a little bit, prepare for another long playoff run after the longest run, they're having the shortest off season and the Olympics with two of their guys. I can see them dialing it back. 
and the narrative not being the story of the NBA season not being Giannis. A lot of it, I think, even with it being like a celebration of him as the best player, if there is a better story with a player that backs it up, that I do think will beat him out. The number will shorten, which is why I think that Brandon's absolutely right. Like bet it now, 800. If you if you bet a book that's got cash out, you're likely to be in a pretty good spot by midseason where that value has dropped considerably. I do not think that this is like ironclad it's over. Giannis is going to win MVP. There's a lot of things that I think can go sideways, even beyond injury. Any pushback on that? I I think that your Olympics pushback point is good. I I think it's fair. If we're going to be cautious uh, with that, with the other guys, I think it's fair to do that with Milwaukee and to expect that maybe they pull back the minutes a little bit. It's not like Bud has played them huge minutes in the Well, ever really until the last few weeks of the playoffs. So I think that's a fair point. And I think too, to me, it's not that Giannis, yeah, it's certainly not that Giannis is the slam dunk. He's definitely got this. It's over. And the podcast, like that's that's not it. That's not how this goes. It's just that at at plus eight fifty, where you what that that's like a ten point five percent implied yeah. odds. I just mm-hmm. think that that's crazy. Like yep. if you just had to, if you started from scratch and said, what are the chances Giannis wins MVP this year? I feel like I, I'm certainly not starting with anything below twenty. Like I'm thinking like twenty twenty five. I, I might go higher than that. Like. I, I probably be talked in the like thirties range um, and the, the odds are just nothing like that right now. So to me, the number forces you to play it. I think that the, he should be favored um, to, to me. It's like for, for a decade plus LeBron has been the default MVP answer as we know, kind of like how the Spurs have been the default answer for so long as we know they're going to be in the mix. Let's see if there's a better team this year. Cause if not the Spurs and Tim Duncan, they're going to do their thing. They'll be there. That's kind of what LeBron has become the MVP. To me, this is me saying this is Giannis now. Giannis is the default answer. He's going to be healthy. He's going to have huge numbers. He's going to be in that top three. Someone might beat him because someone can always beat him. Maybe we get one of those Steph out of nowhere sort of years. Maybe Luka takes the leap. You know, we've got other names for you coming. But I think Giannis is going to be there. He's going to be in the mix just yeah. like LeBron has been for so long. Yeah, the fact that that last season he finished fourth despite going under the radar for so long and generated, he had one first place vote, five second place votes and 34 thirds. That to me is like, it's a, he pulled a lot of, of support. Like there was, there was last year a burbling amongst the voters basically of like, I got to put Giannis on here. Like he's still awesome. Like Giannis is still awesome. So I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, Last guy on the top five. The only one, I'm the only one that has this guy on, on my bets. Um, Steph Curry, two-time MVP, finished third last season despite being in the play-in tournament. That is really freaking telling. In a season in which everything was completely fucked because of the schedule, in which the like Curry had to miss time because they had to balance it. They knew that they were kind of looking past last season without Clay. They managed the schedule very well. We have a normal schedule. They had a healthy amount of time off. Curry last season was as good as he has ever been. And that's a pretty high bar for me because of the kind of numbers that he put up. But his three-point numbers were putting him on pace for another one of those, oh, my God, seasons. It was insane. Yeah. The Warriors are going to be better. Like they're going to mm-hmm. be better. They're not going to be a ninth seed. Even if you're like, well, yeah, but they might only be like a blah, blah, blah. Fine. The voters love him. They love Steph Curry. 
he is he's another guy that like Embiid and Curry are the guys that they want to give it to. They had to give it to Nikola Jokic. That's how good he was. Like, I think they'll they'll, they'll want to give it to Luca. But yeah. if Steph gets this team into a top four seed, which I think is very doable, doable, even if it's like they're tied with the Nuggets and have a tiebreaker, they're tied with somebody else and have a tiebreaker, whatever. They love Steph Curry. He puts up the numbers. He's the most impactful player in the league. The plus minus is always going to be big. Clay Thompson comes back. I looked at their roster the other day and was actually like, I, I had gone in and been like, oh, no, like they didn't really do anything. And I was like, they actually got some guys. Like they got some yeah. guys. Like yeah. Otto Porter, I think is going to help them. However many games he's available. The elites is going to help them off the bench. I think, I think Moses Moody is going to be an impactful rookie and Clay Thompson if Clay Thompson can't move off the dribble, if all he can do is spot up and shoot, you still have the gravity that is going to punish teams over and over. And that helps out Draymond, which helps get their win total up. And you're getting Curry at 900. There's uh, Steph Curry, 850s at FanDuel. I got it at 900. There are other places where it's 750 at some spots. He's taken on money. Bet MGM has him plus 900 longer than Giannis. I think Raheem agrees with me. Let's start with Raheem. Like, this is absolutely, like, this is a best bet for me. I love this one. Before you said this, I was kind of hesitant because, you know, I. Long to me, Raheem. Join no, me. Hear me out. Hear me out. 32 year old dogs don't win the MVP. I mean, the last 30-year-old we had to win the MVP was, was Steve Nash in 2005, 2006. He was 31. He won it the year before at the age of 30. Before that, the only time we got 30-year-old MVPs was in the 90s when pace slowed to a crawl. You had Jordan and Carmelone basically trade MVPs in an older league where you didn't have those younger guys to really step up. Like I always considered the nineties to be like the lost generation where you had guys coming in cause you could hold out back then. So it was like almost like the too much too soon generation. So you had the older guys still dominate. But other than that, if you look through the entire history of the NBA, we don't have 30 year olds winning MVP. So I was a little hesitant, but I think you sold me because Steph Curry is just so good. And he's so popular amongst the voters and the fans and the Warriors are going to be better. So at this price, I'm not mad at it. I just, I'm the only thing that has me hesitant is that I'm not sure that we're going to get a better Steph Curry season than we got last year. But at that number, I'm not mad at it at all. All right, Brandon, what's your skepticism? So this sucks because Steph Curry is like one of my all-time favorite players and I've got Curry jerseys and shirts and memorabilia and I do not like to be the one voice against Steph Curry, but I am going to be the one voice against Steph Curry because Steph Curry and like any other player doesn't get to win MVP on his own. You have to buy the whole package and I can't buy the Warriors package this year. Look, if the Warriors are a top three seed I think Curry is a slam dunk MVP. I think he's a runaway. The thing we just said about Giannis, how like, well, he would be in the mix, but maybe there's a better story. If the Warriors are a top three seed, Steph is the MVP. I don't know what the other story is. He's going to run away with it. Like he might win unanimous again. So this is not a bet on Steph. This is not a bet against Steph. This is a bet on the Warriors. And now I'm betting on Steph Curry at age 32 and the health that hasn't always been there. 
Now I'm betting on Clay Thompson and his health. And will he even be ready at the start of the season? And what version will, will come back for him? We haven't seen him for a long time. I'm betting on Draymond at his age and, and temperament, let's be honest. And I'm betting on Steve Kerr and the fallout from the Draymond Durant thing, all of that. Uh, James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kuminga. I don't want to bet on any of those guys. I'll tell you that much. Uh, there's, there are too many things with the Warriors where like, yes, I am with both of you that I 100% can see the world. I can close my eyes and picture what this looks like because we've seen it happen before. I know what these Warriors look like. I know what Steph Curry winning MVP looks like. Initially, when we were prepping for this podcast, I asked you, are we looking at who are most likely to win MVP or who is the best bet to win MVP? Giannis was number one on my list either way. But initially, I submitted the list with Steph Curry second when I thought we were doing most likely to win MVP. The narrative, the idea, I totally get it. But I don't think that he's a good bet at 900. I don't think there's a good value. I think the Warriors are going to start out slow because I think they're going to start playing those young guys, Wiseman and Kaminga and whatever, until they see that they can't, which is what happened last year. They start out the first week against playing the Lakers and the Clippers. So I could see them just kind of get blown off the map for a couple of games. I could see a world where Clay isn't even back until Christmas or something. I think all those things are in play. And if we do want stuff, if, if it feels like it's coming, I think there's going to be a better number later. I, I get it. I understand the case. I don't think it's a good value. I understand it from, from you can bet it later because you're right. I've heard that Clay's not going to be back until possibly early 2022. Um, I don't think Wiseman's going to be as bad this season. He was in a really tough spot last year. Okay. What happens when you're a rookie on that team and you don't have practice? Like they couldn't practice because they couldn't get together. They couldn't have team meetings. Like everything with COVID has to be factored in here. I look, I was with you on the Kaminga over. I think that you have, you've done the the draft Nick thing where you didn't like a player's draft value. And now you're translating it into, he's not a good player. I love what I saw at Kaminga at summer league. Loved it. And like the bar for what he has to do, the instructions are going to be so, so simple. And you can contribute. And I think that I'm not saying Kaminga is going to be great. I don't like his rookie of the year odds, but I don't think that we're going to see the same kind of pull drag down that we saw last year with both, not only Wiseman, but Ubre, who I like and think he got an unfair shake there. But I think that they've reconfigured around players that I think will be that understand the system better, that are, are going to be a better fit. And ultimately, you mentioned like, okay, I guess here's the, here's the question though, Brandon. If he's putting up numbers, you, you expect Steph to put up numbers the first month, right? Absolutely. Okay, okay. We know that MVP momentum, Jokic is an exception of a guy who came out, dominated month one and carried it. What happens a lot of time is people don't start paying attention until after Christmas, closer to all-star, right? So if they start off slow, it doesn't matter because Curry's still putting up the numbers. Then the wins come later. That will only increase like the momentum of like, look at what Curry did pulling. This team was five games under 500 and look at them now. And at that point, I don't think we're getting a better number than plus 900 because so much of plus 900 is baked into simply does he get hurt in preseason? Yeah. And, and that's fair. I guess to me, uh, I just, if, if they start out the under five games under 500 and, and now the argument is like, look how good they are now. I, I just don't see it. If they start out five games under 500, I think it's just going to be a bad season. I don't think they're going to suddenly rebound and, and be a top three on, seed. Man, it's 82 like, games. They can get wiped and it like, no, come on, man. This is a, the NBA. Who remembers November and April. No one remembers, especially not the voters. 
They're, they're I'm not are- saying I'm not saying narrative. I'm saying like actual NBA basketball. If you start out and you're like five and ten over the first stretch of the games, five and ten teams are the don't Warriors going to panic with receives. This is no, crazy. I'm not, this I'm is not panicking. I'm just never in the first place. And look, this the, is, here's this the is thing your crazy Warriors, take of the day that in an 82 game season, the Warriors are going to get blown out twice. And oh, the season's over. I didn't say twice. You said five games under under 500. Like the the thing with the Warriors that they've done that they did for years is that they built their team around these like super highly intelligent players who elevate each other and make each other better than some of their parts. That was what was so beautiful about those elite Warriors teams. And then they added in Durant, who we all have agreed is like the greatest elevator of other stars ever. What I don't like about all these other guys, Wiseman and Kuminga and Wiggins, is they are the opposite of all those things. You like Kuminga, of course you do, because you watched a couple flashes of summer league games and he looks like an NBA body and had a couple highlights. Kuminga doesn't know how to play basketball. James Wiseman doesn't know how to play basketball. Wiggins has never known how to play basketball. Like the, the little things, all the little things that we love about Draymond, why he's a Hall of Fame player, why he is going to be in there because he elevates everyone. He makes the right pass. He sets the screen. He makes everyone better. Wiseman and Kaminga and Wiggins are the opposite of all those things. And they're the opposite of what the Warriors tried to build. And I hate everything that this team has done building their team since then because they, they lost it. And that's why I don't like the team. That's why I can't bet on them. I think you're making a lot of decisions about players very young in their careers with no impact on coaching or anything else. Um, and I just, mm-hmm. I don't think we know what kind of player uh, Kaminga is. Brandon, let's go ahead and get your best bets for MVP. I mean, honestly, my position right now is just Giannis. Like I'm, I, I'm not about building position and protecting and that sort of thing. I want to get the best odds. And I, I've made such a strong case for Giannis that that's genuinely is the only bet that I would be making. If I want to hedge or add a little bit on, I think that the other names that I have to look at a little bit are just LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't know which one, but I know that the built-in narrative is going to be there. I think the Lakers are going to be have a chance to be the runaway one seed in the West. I think they're a very high floor regular season team. Um, the numbers I don't think are going to necessarily be great because we got Westbrook now to, to muck things up a little bit, but we already know LeBron's numbers never matter. Like everyone talks about LeBron, like, oh, if he just stayed healthy, he was going to win MVP. That's ridiculous. LeBron was never going to win the MVP. LeBron wasn't supposed to win the MVP. We campaigned against it. I campaigned against it all year. It's just that the voters are dying to give LeBron MVP at every chance that he gets. Like they always want to vote for him. And at the number he's at, that means you have to like put a little bit in. I do like the idea of Anthony Davis as like, we've seen this this is going to sound like a ludicrous argument, but think of the, I'm excited excited for this. So Anthony Davis at his best outside of the, the title run. When has Anthony Davis looked at his very, very best. If you picture it, here's what I think the all-star game. Picture Anthony Davis in the all-star game. And what's he doing? He's just running around, catching alley-oops, running out in transition because he's got other like point guards, point guards like LeBron and Russell Westbrook, just like hitting him for easy looks all game long. He's putting up these like 38 points on 19 of 20 from the field, just putting absurd numbers up because the teams are so good around him. And he's just big and talented and getting free buckets on transition and in the lane all, all year long. I can just see one of those seasons where Davis, if he actually stays healthy, which we know none of us believe in, but if he stays healthy, I could see Davis just putting up like silly numbers because he's going to get so many easy looks. Like look, look what Russell Westbrook has done with like Clint Capella and how, how much he made him get those easy buckets. And it's Anthony Davis. He's so good. I just think that there's a possibility that 
he could put up ridiculous numbers. And especially like, look, for Davis to win, it has to mean that LeBron misses some time and, and the numbers step back a little bit. So it's an easy argument against him. But I think that uh, I, I might have to get a little bit of position on them just because it's the Lakers. They're going to be the one seed and, and people are going to put one of the two into the MVP race. You don't like the way they built their roster, though, right? Uh, I don't like the way they built their roster for the playoffs. I think even that then, Westbrook. But even, but even then, like, I can see they're running away with the West, Brandon, because I think the West is going to be high parity, low ceiling this season. But I don't necessarily see the Lakers being like, oh, my gosh, the Lakers are just killing everybody. I think it's going to be like yeah. they win 55 and nobody else wins more than 52 or 51. To me, I don't I don't think you can take an MVP candidate from either the Lakers or the Nets. Like last year, we saw outliers where, you know, the one seed, well, other than well, the Sixers were the one seed. But you, you saw like nobody from the first two seeds were going to win the MVP. I think it's going to be the same thing this year. Hmm. Because the net, the Nets and the Lakers aren't none of, none of those are going to have MVP candidates. Like Anthony Davis, good player, but he's not going to stay healthy. And then the the shadow that LeBron cast over everything, it's just it's overwhelming. And then you have a former MVP and Russell Westbrook on the team. Yeah, it's just too much to overcome. His usage is going to go down. He's unreliable in injuries. Even if LeBron's out, I don't necessarily know they're going to win enough games because I don't think that roster is good enough for them to win consistently without LeBron. Um, I, I think it's very hard for voters to vote for a guy when you know he's not the best player on the team. Even yeah, if LeBron like takes a, a, a dip, you're still going to be like, well, I mean, LeBron's the better player. Like You're never going to be like yeah. Anthony Davis is a better player. He had one season where he shot well in the playoffs, and that has redefined his legacy in general. He's an inconsistent player. Um, can't get behind that one. You like Harden though, right? Yeah. I, I was trying to debate how much I like him. I, I, I still think, and we, we made this argument last year. I still think that Harden is the better Nets candidate than Kevin Durant. I know that you guys, uh, one of you, I know Raheem loves James Harden and, and, you know, doesn't think Kevin Durant has a bag of course, because <laughs> you know, only like two people in the world do. Um, but passing I bag. just think you think Harden, he has a bag. Oh, he's not passing bag. I, I, I know, I know I'm joking, but I, I think Harden, if everyone is healthy, I think Harden, you know, from the few games we got last year, he was putting up ridiculous numbers, like huge, huge assist numbers. And he's going to get the scoring. Uh, I don't know if I want to bet on it because, you know, all, there are a lot of obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm not totally convinced on Harden's health and his yeah. body holding up as, as the age hits there. I'm not convinced that, you know, with the three stars and the Kevin Durant is the best player. Like there's, there's going to be that built in Harden's not exactly a guy. The media is dying to reward for anything ever at any point. Um, so to me, like uh, between my guys, Le Le LeBron is a numbers play. It's 1500 and it's LeBron. It's LeBron. So I'm going to put a little money on it as an investment to cash out later. I don't think I want to be holding onto my LeBron ticket later in the season unless there's a ton of momentum. But same as I said with Giannis, that 1500 is going to drop and I can cash out. It's just like an investment. I'm going to put some money into the stock market. I'm going to take it out later at a better price. Davis is the longer shot. I think Harden belongs in the longer shot group too because of that. And I, I don't know that I need to play him because I, I just like the other options better. You, you wait on Harden and you see if KD gets injured and then you bet Harden. That's Yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah. Is like yeah. KD goes down with like a like a hamstring, and you're like, oh, he's gonna be out for a month. All right, yeah. What what's Harden at? That's yeah. That Harden, Harden Harden's at twenty five hundred at BetMGM. 
I don't think Harden would even have been on my radar. Like my process for this is just, okay, think about who I think is MVP and then check the numbers. And I think I was taken aback that 25 is just so long. Harden, for me, Harden until the last year had been like a top two or three MVP candidate, like six years in a row. And at 25 to one, that's just too long. So it was a numbers play, but I think this is the wrong year for it. Raheem, you mentioned that you you were like, but he's been like, he hasn't, he never misses time. I think that's Brandon and I's concern is like, I think the minutes mm-hmm. are catching up with him from Houston. Is he uh, played so many, and it wasn't just regular season. He played heavy minutes, regular season, heavy minutes, playoffs, tried to play every game. Like he was gunning for MVP yeah. uh, and, and he got one. And probably, you know, and not should have, but he was worthy of being in, in consideration. And if somebody yeah. else hadn't won, he was a very likely winner in, in several of those years and would have deserved it. Um, but I think that that wears on him. I think, Brandon, the biggest thing here is there's the idea of who's the best player. But this is why LeBron doesn't win. It's what did you do for your team in the regular season? And I think yeah. that's the problem with the super teams is you're never going to be able to look at it and be like, they did so much to make that team great because you can be like, well, he did some. He got twenty and twelve, but like he had yeah. Kyrie and KD. Of course, he had assists. Yeah, so I mean, like, you basically you playing on easy mode. You're not everybody else is playing on all right. You playing on easy mode. So right. yeah, I, I just to, to to sum up my MVP thing real quick. I, I think that this is my position on it. Is when I first started thinking about the MVP race, I had a hard time coming up with who is the MVP this year. I, I like I couldn't figure out who the favorite was going to be. And to me, all the positions I just said are all on like default options. I don't feel like any of them are just, we're going to get to the point of like, oh man, Harden, what an MVP season because of the Nets thing. I don't think the same thing the Lakers guys, even Giannis, like he, we, it's been so good. It's been so amazing. I don't know what's going to be suddenly better. It's going to be like, oh yeah, Giannis is awesome. He's great. I guess he's the MVP. I don't know who the other player is. Like I try to find the one star on a really good team and Giannis was the only default. So to me, this is me playing numbers that I think are too long. Yeah. I think it's four guys with numbers that are too long. And I don't know who the MVP is. So I'm going to take some default options and play the numbers. Well, and you also, you took established products, which I think is interesting because I, I want a different route. But I want to get into Raheem's because Raheem's are really interesting. Raheem's, what yeah. are your best bets for MVP? Okay, my first one is Paul George. I mean, when you look at... Uh, this is at plus... I think it's plus 3,600 to me. The Clippers showed in the playoffs that Kawhi Leonard is basically a luxury. I mean, they need him to win a championship, but they don't need him to be a good team. Paul George has been a number one option his entire career. He finished third in MVP voting in 2018-2019. We've seen this guy go off. He starts seasons really, really hot. For whatever reason, you look at all the start of his seasons, he starts season off really, really hot. I think the Clippers' win total is 44 and a half. I think they shattered it. They, they still are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They have a good coach in Tyron Lue. I think this is, a, this is a team that can exceed expectations. And if they do that, the plus 3,600 is, is truly – like, it's mispriced to me. I, I think he's a guy who can he's going to come out motivated and I expect him to be top five in MVP voting. So at plus 3,600, I'm taking it. Okay, here's my argument against it, and this is based off of uh, real up-close perspective. Mm-hmm. So that season in OKC, I went out there to OKC, and I did a whole feature on on PG, sat down with him, did a big interview with him, talked to teammates yeah. and coaches, did the whole thing. One of the things that you noticed, and is if you look back, if you dig into the numbers game by game, this is what you're going to notice. 
he doesn't dominate the entire game. He's not a guy that scores eight in the first quarter, eight in the second quarter, eight in the third quarter, eight in the fourth. What Mm -hmm. he does is he picks his spots. And what he really likes to do is he waits until the defense adjusts to whatever is the threat in that game and then steps in and punishes them for it. If that's not working, he'll get aggressive and force them to adjust to to him. And then he takes a step back once that defense adjusts. Paul George is very much a he lets the game come to him player. The problem, I think, is you're going to need production at such a high level to be in that conversation. And I think I think you're right on the Clippers being better than expected and PG being like, you know, he had a phenomenal season. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for him because of the way that he plays without that other star. I think he'll struggle a little bit in order to get the production. Um, I can see like the Clippers just banging from three and getting a lot of contributions from a really good team and and hitting that over. But I think that in order for, because I do think that he can be the reason why they hit the over on a win total and outseed expectations, but not get the 52, 54 wins and therefore not be in a real conversation for MVP. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like I agree with you. The number I think is high. Yeah. But am I wrong on that, Brandon? What do you think? Yeah, I really disagree with everything Raheem said on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I think that the disrespect that you just put on Kawhi Leonard's name is off the charts. Like, this team didn't miss Kawhi Leonard. Are we serious? I didn't didn't, didn't say... I didn't say they didn't miss him. They don't need him to win. That's different. Okay, okay. I said they... Yeah. I Here's what I think. I think I'm so far the other direction on the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard that I like, I get the case. I understand if the Clippers are good, we have a singular star on the team. I think it's a good number. Like I understand that case. I buy it. I don't think the Clippers are good. I think the Clippers, I think there's a better chance the Clippers miss the playoffs than that Paul George wins MVP. Like I'm not saying they're going to, I just think that there's the, the West, it doesn't have those elite elite teams. So maybe the Clippers could get there if things go really well. But I think Kawhi is really, really good. And Paul George is not the same caliber as that and is not built to carry a team of, of just a bunch of guys, really, to Kawhi's be a great West team. One of my biggest problems with Kawhi is I don't think he makes other guys better. He's a good passer. Yeah, but I, don't, Paul George? I know what? Yeah, Paul George actually does make it. Paul George is a really underrated passer. I'm not saying he's better than Kawhi because Kawhi is just brutally efficient. He's just brutally efficient in everything that he does. Like he just, he can score spot up and catch and shoot and, and uh, pick and roll and off the cut and all, like all these different ways, like Kawhi's ability to, to score and produce in so many different situations is what makes him elite. Um, a good thing though, here is like last season, regular season, they went 11 and nine, 55% without Kawhi last season. Like they didn't, the bottom doesn't fall out. Fall, the bottom does not drop out without Kawhi. Yeah. That, um, I mean, that's my point. And 11 and nine is not going to get the job done though. 11 and nine is a play in team. Yeah, but, you're, like but, that's also not, but that's not a play. That's also not missing the playoffs. But then also that's not, here's the thing. It's one thing to miss Kawhi and you don't know you're missing him. It's another thing to go into the season knowing you're not going to have Kawhi and then you're prepared for it. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. I think that the, the most likely outcome is like in that, five, six, seven, eight sort of range that maybe they're high play in team. Like they kind of end up around where the Lakers were, I think is the most likely scenario. I just think in the range of outcomes, the outcome where they're really good and Paul George wins MVP is far less likely to me than the outcome where things go poorly and they drop out totally. What's uh, what's your last name on your list, Raheem? Jason Tatum. I mean, this guy, I mean, what is he at? He has plus 2,900 right now. This guy is going to be the next star in this league. 
everybody sees it. You know, the Celtics had an abysmal snake bitten year last year, whether it was injuries, whether it was COVID, whether it was <laughs> Brad Stevens not getting along with his with his team. Things are going to be different this year. I'm expecting a bounce back year from the Celtics. I'm not that high on the Celtics. I mean, they did make some moves. They got Dennis Schroeder. They got Al Horford, Josh Richardson. Um, some of the younger guys could be better. But, I mean, I think you're going to get improvement from Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pershing, Romeo Langford, Robert Williams. I think you have a full season of, you know, guys being healthy. Um, Jalen Brown made the leap last year. Jason Tatum, he struggled with COVID last year. I think if the, the Celtics can get over 50 wins, and you guys got to understand, I'm handicapping this in the sense that I don't think the top two seeds in the league are going to have an MVP candidate. Like if we have the Lakers and the Nets, I don't think you're going to have an MVP candidate from those teams. So I think that pushes things up. Yeah. And if you get a, you get a big season from Jason Tatum where they get to the third or fourth seed, I think he has a real shot because I think he's, he's at the – at the point where he's about to be a superstar. And I, I kind of want to jump on that early. I'm going to bet this when we get off. This is a great call. Um, if the Celtics make a jump, I'll, they were so racked by bad luck last season. Short offseason after Final Four, COVID, injuries, lose Jalen Brown. They get Horford. They got nothing from Kemba last year. Horford will help, even if he's just a shell of himself. He'll help. Robert Williams, I think, is really evolving and turning into what they need him to be. I like a lot of what I've seen. I think they've made some of the smart moves in terms of, of the bench and going that direction. Don't, don't really care about the Dennis Schroeder edition. Don't care, really care about much of what they did in free agency. I think the internal development here, I think there's a good chance that this team, I like you made Udoka a lot as a head coach. That comes from, he's a Spurs mm-hmm. product. I think there's a really good chance that, that the Celtics jump into a top three seed and surprise everybody. And if here, here's a lot of it. If you're like, oh, wow, the Celtics are the top three seed. If I had told you at the beginning, like right now, if I said, wow, the Celtics jumped into the top three seed because what's the first thing that you would say? Jason Basically, Tatum absolutely yeah. killed it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love this one, Raheem. This is a great pick, I think. Yeah, I, to, to me, both of these, I don't love them. They, they feel to me like the Damian Lillard sort of spot for MVP. I absolutely can see the world where Tatum or PG get into that like three, four or five spot on the ballot. I don't know that I can get there as the winner just because there's a lot that has to go right for it. It just comes out. It's the same thing. I don't, I don't trust who are the young players trying to leap up and are their teams good enough to leap up. So with that said, I've seen Matt's list. And if I didn't like Raheem's list, I really don't like Matt's list. So I got to hear it. <laughs> Tell us your guys, Matt. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's Giannis and Curry. I love Trey. I love Trey Young. I like this pick a lot. I think this is great. He's plus 1,600 at one spot. Uh, let's see. FanDuel has him 2,100. Look, uh, I believe in the Hawks. I think that that jump is legitimate. I think that you look at at, at – one of the things I do believe is that bad coaching tears you down. And if you look at how that team was after Nate McMillan took over, they were a great team. They made a real run in the playoffs. So they're certified. That's going to get the voters in their corner. Trey's heliocentric with a huge usage rate. I think his numbers go up this season. His numbers on usage were actually lower than I expected when I took a look at him. He's going to get the ball, I think, more after proving what he can do. He's got national primetime games because everybody loved what he did versus the Knicks. He's going to be in big spots. He's going to hit game winners. He's going to have a huge assist number. The Hawks have a ton of talent. 
all that young talent has developed and the guys like Bogdanovich, who was great last season, they have a rim finisher. There's nothing really missing for this team. I think that they are, that they can defend at a decent enough level to rack up wins in the regular season. If I'm looking at a team again, much like Jason Tatum, where you're like, holy shit, the Hawks finished with a better record than the Sixers, the, you know, the Sixers, the heat and whoever you would fill in that with like Trey young was amazing and had an MVP caliber season. He's got a lot of voters and support in the media. It doesn't matter that he's bad defensively. We know that that doesn't matter for MVP voting. We know that does not matter. You can, if your basic thing is the Hawks won't be good enough, that's fine. We can just disagree on that, but you can't argue with the premise of, I think the Hawks will be good and therefore Trey will be in the MVP conversation. Yeah. I think the Hawks won't be good enough. I I like this. I'm I'm, going to be honest with you. I really like this. Um, Cause I mean, like, like you said, Lloyd Pearson, I, I don't know what he was doing over there. Just had no trust. I mean, they're going to have Cam Reddish healthy. They're going to have, I mean, I, I, I like this. And to me, when I'm going, when I'm looking at an MVP candidate, I want younger guys. I don't want older guys. Like look at the last, like I, like I said earlier, we don't have 30 year old MVPs. Yeah. Nicole Leocas is 25. Giannis was 25, 24. Harden was 28. Russ was 28. Curry was 27, 26. Kevin Durant, 25. LeBron, 28, 27, 25, 24. Derrick Rose, 22. Younger guys win this award, and that Hawks team is good. Like, I, I, like, I agree with you. I, I like so, this Yeah, I mean, basically, Brandon, like, it's it's implied odds 4.5%. Is there, a, is there a better than 4.5% that the Hawks are better or as good as I think versus as good as you think? Yeah, I just to, – to me, it's the Hawks defense as a team. I'm not even saying Trey's defense, but that's obviously a part of it. The the East, I trust those teams at the top to be good enough. And I don't know how the Hawks get into that top four of, of Philly and Miami and Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I just don't think the Hawks measure up to those teams over a full regular season. I, I mean, I'm, just, at least I'm not ready season. to I'm not ready to buy in on Miami yet. I think is a lot of it. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not there on Miami. I, no, I, don't, the, I think they're going to have the those. But even then, like Raheem talked about this, like, I don't, you know, Jokic finished third, could have been fourth if the, if the Clippers hadn't. If we we agree that if the if the Nuggets have finished fourth because the Clippers didn't tank the last two games, Jokic still wins, right? So like, yeah, yeah. Again, I just think you need one team to have injuries and slip, and I think they can get in that conversation. Uh, look, this this next one, like, I'll admit to it, like, this is crazy. <laughs> I'll admit to it that this is crazy. I like the number I got on it. Uh, I got Zach Levine at plus seven thousand. Okay. Wow. Look at the num- look at the numbers from last season, and he was all NBA worthy. If the Bulls had finished in the playoffs, he probably gets conversation for all NBA. I like what they did with the offseason. I think that even if he has a lower usage rate, I think that a lot of what happens is the usage rate translates to better scoring opportunities for him. He's terrible mm-hmm. defensively. I don't really care. I have a lot of belief that Billy Donovan can pull up this Bulls team uh, defensively because of, of what I've looked at the numbers. We'll talk about that with win totals. A lot of this is the Team USA bump. Guys go to Team USA and they see what it takes to be great because they play around those guys. I think Zach Levine, based off of what he showed last year, there's a good chance he regresses, and this is just a dead bet by the end of the month. Like I, I'm, I'm completely with you. I want to take a flyer on it at seventy to one because I want. I looked at what Levine did last season, and I think that he was underrated in terms of his performance. And Brandon, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't take any response that you're going to say seriously because you're just going to be like, "It's the Bulls, and they suck, and there's no other answer, and everything is terrible." Yeah, can, can <laughs> I can I just laugh for the next ten minutes? That's yeah, that's the response. Yeah, yeah. I, this is singularly the worst bet I have ever heard you make. It's it, it's not happening. Levine, 
you could have taken your money and crumbled it into little pieces and just swallowed it and eaten it whole. And it would have been a better use of it. If the, the, bowls, bowls, are not if good. the bowls are better than you think they, again, this is the whole thing is you're just very set on preseason expectations about how good teams are going to be. And I'm not like, Teams are often going to surprise us. They're going to be better than we think they are. They're going to be worse than they think they think we are. And if we're wrong on those kind of uh, precepts and a team outperforms at the very edge of their expectation, the Bulls' very, very edge of their expectation gets Zach Levine in the MVP conversation and the odds shorten considerably. I just, I don't have that in my range of outcomes. To me, the Bulls are like the 8, 9, 10 seed range. So, right. so to get up to like a 2, 3 range, yeah. that's just too far out of the range of expectation for me to even consider. Julius Randle finished in the top 10 for MVP conversation. Like, yeah, but, but it took absolutely everything going right for him and for New York, yeah. just for him to not even at all get in the conversation. So what's the point? Because I, because you're getting 70 to one and I like this production a lot. And I think the bulls will make for a really compelling story. Uh, I also took a flyer on Zion. I don't love this one. There's a lot of things going on with the Pelicans on top of like, they've got like the, there's already like the hurricane stuff is going to impact them. The chemistry, I think, is still bad. Like, there's a lot of things here. I have a hard time not betting Zion at the numbers that he gets based simply on if the Pelicans are incredible, everyone's just going to be like, holy shit, Zion. Like, yeah. he, he's that level of player. Honestly, my thing is, like, basically, Brandon, what I'm doing is I'm taking, like, Zion is like LeBron without mm-hmm. the accolades that, that hold him back now because it's like, well, he's already got, you know, two four awards. Mm-hmm. And basically built up like he's not 30. It's like the young version. I'm not saying he's as good as LeBron. I'm saying like they're thought of the same way. Like Zion is mentioned in that conversation of, of best, most impactful players and getting him at the kind of numbers that you get where FanDuel's got him 4,200. It was worth me building a small position on him. I can't get there with him as MVP, but a points bet has him at plus 1,000 to be scoring leader. And I oh, like nice. that. That's good. I, I think that's, that's, that's yeah, something I would take on Zion. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. my my problem with all five of the bets is the exact same problem, and it's that you're calling it out, Matt. I just I don't trust the teams to get there, yeah. and maybe I'm too set on the standings. But I think that's a huge part of the MVP race. No, and that's, you're not that's wrong. Find you're not wrong. The wins matter, Brandon. Your problem is that you're you're expecting the season to go exactly like you think. That to me is like where the, the, the this, this goes haywire. And you're going to be right about four out of five of these, right? Like mm-hmm. the Hawks are not going to be good enough, and the, the Pelicans aren't going to be good enough. Sure. But maybe the it Bills takes the Bulls, one though. Like maybe the Bulls are. Like maybe the Hawks are good enough, but the Bulls are are the tenth seed, and you get to gloat about thinking that they're terrible and mm-hmm. awful and everything sucks. And the Pelicans are garbage. But like we're talking about preseason position. Also, you gotta be, bear in mind, like I'm taking these now because you know that after month one, I'm gonna be like, I had to bet. I'm betting Luca like week after week. Like I'm building position, sure. and sure. so I get to build against. Like if I can take a seventy to one for a guy that I think is probably underrated in the market, and I can see a narrative path. Like I like Zach Levine's uh, path to that a lot more than the Clippers in part, because I like guys that burst onto the scene and make a big noise and really capture the imagination. And that's kind of the differential. Um, We'll come back in another episode and we'll talk about probably next week. We'll get to some of the things to keep in mind when you're betting the MVP as the season goes along. We'll talk about that process. Um, We're also going to talk next week about coaching, about how that winds up impacting game capping and all those kind of estimates. For this episode, thanks for joining us. Make sure to download the Action Network app for Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us on Buckets.